Hello, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of. Oh, hey, guys! I'll do it every time now. Every time. Uh, I'm Sally. Um, your host, I guess, would be the thing. And my friend, not my special friend, but just my friend, Thank Sarah, God. is here today um, to talk about coming out um, and all the wonders that that brings. As a lesbian, homosexual, I've come out of the closet. <laughs> I've come out of the closet a lot. I know. <sighs> Your first couple of times. No. No wonder people stay in. <laughs> it was terrible. It was. Yeah. The kids, it gets better. Well, does it though? I mean. Yes. I'm 38, I'm 38 years old and I'm still coming out warily at times in places. Work. You meet new friends. Church. <laughs> yeah. Church. Yeah. Constantly coming out at church. No, but, I mean, my first go was terrible because my mum reacted very badly. Tell what story? What story? I thought when you first came out. Um, the first time. <laughs> yeah, I was 17. I was visiting my cousins uh, in, in rural New South Wales. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and mum found alcohol under my bed and called me because mum doesn't have any impulse control. You're coming out as a lesbian or an alcoholic? <laughs> no, I wasn't coming out as an alcoholic. <laughs> but she found it under my bed and then she goes, she brings me on the phone and I'm like, hello. It wasn't a mobile phone. It was mm. the home phone there at my cousin's place. And she's like, I've just found out, found all this alcohol under your bed. What have you got to say for that? And I said, yeah, well, I've got something to tell you when I get home anyway. Why I said that, I don't know, because I had no plans on telling them that I was gay. And she went, you're either pregnant or you're gay. And I went, well, I'm that. And then she just erupted, assuming clearly that I was a lesbian and not pregnant. Um, then they made me get on a train to come home and didn't speak to me for two weeks, except for mum intermittently bursting through the room, um, screaming things at me. And so that was my first coming out because then we didn't talk about it again for about two years after that. Yeah. So you didn't really come out. <laughs> you went back in. Came out, yeah, but it was like, blah, like terrible. Oh, the nice. worst thing I've, I really regretted it too. Mm. So, Well, obviously, two years. I mean, you can laugh about it now, and I know I do. <laughs> but <laughs> because you're in a better position, and that's why yeah. I'm saying things do get better. You get into a better state of mind, you're getting older, you're having. An adult life. I'm still a nervous wreck, though. Still crazy. When your <laughs> into your room. I, I mean, I always expect <laughs> them, like, you know, just bursting in anywhere, like, mm. if I'm doing something wrong. Yeah, but now you're interesting in coming out, I think, because you've come out a couple of times well, in different ways. A little bit, yeah. But then it's also a little bit different in the aspect of how I deal with it now. I mean, um... So why don't you just tell your coming out stories? Because I think they're quite interesting to hear. So first of all, you came out as a gay man. <clears throat> well, I mean, that was even interesting in that aspect. I mean, I was 17, 18. I just started university. And, um... I mean... 
I had mannerisms and I'm sure there was an aspect of <laughs> thinking I was on my parents' part, even though into the state. Really? Because mother. I feel like you would have been a hundred footer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was so butch. Um, but even to this day, my mother denies even thinking about that, which I find very odd for a little boy who played with Barbie dolls and got a doll house as a year seven graduation present. As like, a year seven graduation yes, present? Yes, I wanted a doll house and I asked my parents and they'd already been supporting my Barbie addiction for <laughs> many years. <laughs> so they got me That's one. denial. That's complete denial. Yeah. Like, they already had one straight son and they yeah. need another. Like. <laughs> We've reached our quota. Um, but it was still an element of, I still knew that that wasn't me in the respect of, I didn't identify as male. I'd always been very open about that. I mean, I dressed in my mother's clothes. I played with her jewelry. It was very open that it was more of a feminine experience that I was happening, having. So even when I came out and said, I'm attracted to men, it still came with a fine print. <laughs> mm. But just to let you know, I don't feel like a boy. I feel like a girl. You said that to them? Yes. That had always been oh, part of the conversation. okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it was Because I was thinking there. that would have been the label, like even back then, <clears throat> you know, for them, it makes it easier for them to understand that you're, that you're a gay man. That's an easier label than a, than a trans woman, like... Yeah, uh, I guess I didn't really think about that. Maybe my parents did, but that wasn't ever part of my thinking. I mean, I have always tried to be quite honest. Mm -hmm. well, guess, yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. And I guess I'm brutally honest in the fact that I'm asked a question and I answer it quite detailed, quite specifically. Like, I don't hold back. What kind like, of porn do you watch? I'm not answering that. <laughs> uh, please note. Uh. <laughs> See later episode. Um, but yeah, so that was still always part of the conversation. Um, I don't know. It was 1996. It just seemed a lot easier to go through that process. Because it, because it was 1996. I was only 17, 18. Like... For as much as I knew, I hadn't really explored that side too much. Mm. But I guess I do take that as an advantage because it meant that with my parents, I had another 20 odd years for them to have their own exploration with it. And that's probably what happened with your parents as well. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I don't know the minute that it changed because I had a few relationships and... But tell I, us about, okay, you came out two years later. What's what's been the next thing? What's I'm just trying to think? I can't even remember. I think it suddenly just became okay and maybe I started talking about it more because I didn't bother talking about it with them but I actually think though when they reacted so badly it pushed me back into the closet in a way like even though I was out 
and I knew you, mm. um, you know, I was out with everyone. We were going, we were going to gay clubs and yeah. and doing all that kind of stuff. I was going on dates and being in relationships and stuff. Um, some great dates, wasn't it? Um, but <laughs> yeah, I think I was still very much. I thought that everyone, I guess, would react badly if I told them, yeah. like, or adults. Like, I even know when I first started work in the government, I was very non, like, I didn't sort of say yay or nay to either. I'm sure they, I'm sure they guessed. And I remember my first workplace, first government workplace, we were talking about Tracy Grimshaw a lot. As happens. Um, and I was saying, I think she's she's gay. And they were all like, oh, well, you know, yeah, like, you know, like we, we do too kind of thing. So I guess I would talk about gay stuff like that, like just sort of it would be separate. Like the gay, my gayness would be sitting beside me as my invisible friend, Yeah, I guess. So and then, yeah, I don't think it was for a couple of years. All my friends knew, but not really workplace and stuff. Um yeah, and that's why I said earlier, I guess that's the the uniqueness of my situation is, yes, I did come out as transgender to my friends and my family, and given the fact that, obviously, it is quite a marked yeah, difference. Yeah, tell me, tell me when that was. Tell me about this. Well, um, in the lead-up to my brother's wedding, it was going to be in Sweden, and he'd asked me to be part of the wedding party. And it was just that kind of moment that kind of pushed me. This is a milestone in our lives to be part of that and to remember that. And it just kind of got to the point where after 20 odd years that it was just now was the time. I didn't want to make that memory and then not be myself in it. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's a great so how did your parents react to that? My parents were fine. I mean, as I said, they had 20 odd years to deal with it and to become comfortable with it. I mean, a point that I struggled with and do to a certain extent is my parents saying, we love you, but we don't understand you. Mm. And that was difficult because I found it really <laughs> challenging that those two concepts didn't work for me. I don't understand you, but I love you. Mm. I don't know. So I did struggle with that a bit, but that's what basically pushed me to actually set dates. And um, as obviously it's quite a marked transition, I was working at the time, so it meant changing that in my workplace and going through a process with HR and then coming out to my team and having a whole process in place with that. So um, May 2012 is when I started talking to HR and letting them know that this was going to be the case. I then made the date the 27th of October which is a week after my birthday and um, as my transition date so spent those five months having meetings every now and then 
um, preparing a presentation that I would deliver to my team and meetings with your bosses and stuff. Or, yeah, yeah, coming out to them through that process, and then um, HR was very supportive of it. I got very close to the HR officer. She was very great about it and very proactive about it as well. Went to um, the transgender support group here in Brisbane out of her own bat just to get wow. a better understanding. So she really wanted to. That's what HR should be like. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Take note. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, October rolled around. <clears throat> I, had, I knew it was going to be my last birthday. And obviously there's a lot of admin in that kind of respect where change of name and then changing all my details and things like that. And a Friday I came out to my team had a yeah, I was gonna say how did the team how did the team react the team was great <laughs> um and I like to make a joke and I'm hilarious and <laughs> you keep um, saying yes. but still waiting oh, everyone says so. <laughs> um so it was good because <laughs> I'd won an award in the department um, about a month earlier. For being trans? Yeah. Um, <laughs> just like a monthly, award, a quarterly award thing. Anyway, <clears throat> I'd make a joke out of it. Whenever anyone would have a question, I would begin it as an award winner. This is my opinion. It become you know. That's a, that's a pretty obvious joke. Yeah, but, you know. but hilarious. Yeah. It's a delivery. <laughs> and um, the first thing somebody had said to me was, um, um, so you can't say you're an award winner now. Ah. So it's just a little bit of an icebreaker. And I will just say that was from quite a religious person. Yeah. And he was so understanding. But this is the thing now too. I think I like I think religious people aren't as scary. Maybe as I've gotten older, I don't know. Well some, not Israel Falau. Um oh. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about that. Um Yeah, I, I don't know, but I guess like religious people like my nephew goes to a religious school and I guess he they, he doesn't even think about be, me being gay like it to him well, and for other people though it's just like so and I think that's a really great thing about the generations coming yes. up is that it's just so it's not an issue it's not an issue yeah and I think people who are parenting now those generations I think it's like well at least they're not at least they're not on meth mm. you know kind of thing like it's there could be something way worse um, I don't know if I'm just making a blanket statement there but I really just like how it's like when you're talking to younger people, it's not. <clears throat> I've got uh, I've got something I need to tell you, and mm. you may not like it. Um, mm. And I don't know what to do about it if you don't. You know, you had to have always have those conversations of like. I feel that you'd have to have these conversations with people, and they may not like it. And then you would have to deal with them not liking it. Like that would be yeah. something of your fault in a way. Like, I remember I went for a job years ago, and it was in my. <clears throat> tie phase where I'd wear a tie and a vest and my feet are so big coming soon lesbian style episode (laughs) (laughs) but my feet are so big that I have to wear men's shoes they're very stylish men's shoes but I have a lot of trouble 
fitting into shoes. And um, <clears throat> I was in that phase where I looked mm. fucking dapper as fuck. Like, and I went for this job and this older guy who took the interview gave me feedback afterwards on why I didn't get it. And it was not making much sense. And till I was like, well, it's not making much sense. And he's like, well, well, look at you. Like, look at the way you dress. Like, how can you dress like that? Like you're wearing a, a tie. And like, and I was like, what? Like, that was crazy. And mm. then I said, so the woman you gave it to wears the same dress every day. And yet she's allowed to have a job. She's up at the casino gambling every lunch hour in the same dress. And that's, she's, she's good to have the job. Like, except me who dresses like somebody he didn't approve of, didn't because of the way I dressed. Yeah. So I don't think that happens as much now. Okay. I, but I don't, I mean, I guess I don't really. But do you feel that that was just like a... Um, do I feel that I was too stylish for the organisation? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, um, I do. I really feel it. And I still feel that today. So, yeah. But do you feel that that forces a conversation? With him? Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, I... He wouldn't, he would never have changed his mind. Oh, and it's, I guess it's not about that, but I guess it's about that in inverted opportunities where you actually do come out. Where you feel it's necessary to have to explain yourself. Yeah, I guess, yeah. There are those situations where you sort of think like that. I mean, I come out even as a parent now. Um, People don't realise it's same-sex parenting. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, and then... I don't care now what people think of that. I worry for my child what they think of it. What they think of me is yeah. not not really any of my business, I guess, in the end, but how that plays out on my child, um, that's what worries me. But, yeah, some people aren't, aren't cool with it. Still. Oh, and I totally understand that. Mm. Um, uh, I don't know. I guess I just think... You just surround yourself with the people who do. Yeah, and I guess that as, as getting older, that's a, that's a good thing to do. But I guess as young people, you know, that was, it's a lot harder, especially when the centre of the universe, like the family oh, unit, yeah. breaks down and thinks you're giving AIDS to everybody. What I've learned about coming out is that it is at your own pace and there's no mm. set rule book of, on how you're going to do it. I think you need to gauge... Gauge your audience, I think, as, as with anything, in a way. Be true to yourself, but also gauge your audience. Like, don't, yeah. don't come out in the middle of a, you know, a anti-gay <laughs> rally where people have... No, I, that's not true. You could come out there. You could come okay, out. we're not recording now. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I guess there's no, there is no right way to do it. You can do it however you want. Um, it's your right way. It's yeah, it is your right way. way. That's the thing, isn't it? And I think whatever way you do it, I would say make sure you have a tight circle yeah. of support. Oh, I can not say that enough. Yeah. Um, friendships change over time um, and maybe some people won't like you if you do come out as whether you're 
gay or lesbian, bisexual, transgender, gender fluid, whatever the kids are doing these days. Mm. Um, but I honestly think it is important to understand that it's difficult to do it alone. You can, but it's still important to have some close network who's going to be able to help you in those mm. really difficult stages. And I think too, if you don't have that close network um, and you need to talk to people, uh, there are places like Lifeline and Q Life, um, uh, Open Doors Youth Service in the Valley that um, are always really good to and just go and chat to and maybe get some advice from them. Um, and transgendered wise, there is in Brisbane, ATSIC, Australian Transgender Support Association of Queensland, which is, um, it's a place that I went to earlier on. It's not a place that I'm involved with now, but I think it's a good place to start off with and to build a network of people who are like you. Mm. Shouldn't it have been quite serious, didn't it? Yes. Damn, coming out. <laughs> I think there are really good stories, but mine, mine ended happily. Yeah. But it wasn't a good story for a long time. And I think that's the difficulty um, in coming out is you really don't know what you're going to get and how you're going to feel in it. I mm. had a easy transition in respect of I made sure my process at work was well supported. I had friends to support me and we'll discuss it in another episode, but I still struggled. Mm. I still had my challenges with depression and anxiety um, because it is just an amazingly challenging period. I remember when I had my first job, at the local cafe mm. um, and these two lesbian birds would come in and birds <laughs> yeah it's two lesbian birds. like Diane bird <laughs> they would come in and get coffee and stuff and I knew they were lesbians and I was 16 and I knew I was a lesbian and I was so happy and so excited about it and I remember getting the courage one day to go up to them and I said as I gave them their coffees 16-year-old me, um, are you guys lesbians? And they kind of looked at me like, um, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, I am as well, like, and gave them their coffees. And they were like, yay, good for you. I was like, yep, thanks. <laughs> and then I walked away, but I was so excited. But from that excitement. You found a tribe. <laughs> yeah, but from that excitement to my family reaction, to then now, Ooh, what a roller coaster! Yeah, even though you had struggles with your family, I think it's important as somebody who's known you for a good fifteen years. We don't speak for a lot of that. Um, <laughs> um, you've been very proud of who you are. Very proud. I've never seen the struggle in you, mm. and you wear what you want to and you present yourself how you want to because that's just you and I think that's probably quite um that strength has probably helped you through as well where it has been those challenges where yeah. family wasn't on the same page as it's you. just eaten away inside of me and just reduced me to a 
a ball of anxiety heading up to my 40s. So. Oh, okay, well, happy birthday to you. <laughs> yeah, thank you everyone for listening. Just again, if you need support and stuff, um, there's Lifeline, QLife and, um, what did you say, APSIC? Yeah. Open Doors Youth Service. Um, Open Doors is a good one. Open Doors is a good one. And they're there to help you. And if you go to the website, ohheygaze.com, um, you can find it there. You just got to go into the coming out episode and then on the right-hand side is need support and you can click on that and there will be support. And make sure that you do give positive feedback. Sally thrives on that and wants to know that her website is amazing. I just worked hard and it took me a couple of days. And I, you know what, I just, all I wanted you to say was, it's amazing. Don't turn this on to me. (laughs) It's amazing, but you can't. You can't. You just have to sit there and keep it all, all your compliments for me, like tight inside your body. So I just like beg for them like a puppy. Yeah, well, I'm not hollowed out like you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, thanks. See ya. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>